0: The Gemara in Sanhedrin daf Yitessurim beis states as follows: Kol hamagadel yasam betoch beso maale lava kasuv Whoever raises uh, an orphan child in his house, the Torah considers it as if it's his son. Uh, Rabbi Yochman brings proof to this uh, halacha from our parsha. It quotes a Gemara. he quotes a pasuk in Yamim that, according to him, refers to Moshe as being the son of Batya Basparo. And then Rabbi Yochanan asks, yolda? Did Batya give birth to Moshe? Hello, Yocheven Yalda. Yocheven is the mother. Yocheven gave birth to him. El Yocheven Yalda, Ubatya Gidla. Yocheven was the one who gave birth to Moshe. But since Batya raised him, Lefikach Nikra Al shema. Therefore, Moshe is considered the son of Batya. So, this supports that din, that if you raise a child, it's as if you gave birth to him. Um, at first glance, we would assume that this is no, long, no more than a, a moral statement about how important it is to take her orphan off the street and to give him a warm home and a family environment. Uh, but we're not talking about a halachic statement that in any shape or form we consider the adopted child as being a son. Regarding all din that apply to father and son... We can assume that that only applies to biological relationships, to to the child, you know, who's a biological child, bio, biological father. First, there's a one Chulin on Daf from the base that tries to prove that you go after a rove. and the proof that you go after a rove is from the fact that somebody who hits his father or mother is given the death penalty. Rav Mary Amar Asya Bimaka Abid Veimo. We learn it out from somebody who hit his father or mother. So regarding the mother, we know exactly who the mother is. We, we, have, we have witnesses who are there at childbirth, and we know definitively who the mother is. On the other hand, the father, how do you know who the father is? Uh, you say killed the the, the, the child who hit his father. Maybe it's not the father. How do you know it was the father? How can you prove that it was the father? They didn't have DNA in those days and they had no way of proving who the father was. Since we go by a robe and in the majority of cases we can assume, based on majority, that the son is the... Is, is that the that child is the son of the father, therefore we can kill him. Now it's clear from this Gemara that the only basis for killing the child for hitting his father is because, based on the assumption that it's the biological father. And the only way that we can prove that it's a biological father is based on rove. And therefore, we can prove that you go after rove from the fact that you can kill a person who hit, hit his biological father when we don't really know this is biological father without the rove. On the other hand, uh, if you'd be able to consider a foster father as being a father as well regarding of imo, there would be no proof in the right? This child grew up in the fa- in, the, in the household of Of the husband of the wife, the the husband is no worse than a foster, than a foster husband. Even if somebody else had given had had uh, it was fathered the child, the the husband is no worse than a foster father. So, if he if one hits his foster father, it's given the death penalty. You would have no proof in this gemara at all. Apparently, when you talk about maka aviv imo, you're referring to the biological father and not the foster father, and therefore uh you can bring a proof that you go after the rove. And the same I would imagine is true right by McCall of Evel, somebody that that curses his father or mother. Again, you're talking about the biological father or mother, and you're not talking about the foster father or mother. <clears throat> also regarding Dini Arayos, regarding Dini Arayos, that there's an Issert to have relations with your father, with your mother, with your son, with your all all those relations are, I would imagine, blood relations, and not and uh and they wouldn't apply in the case of of adoption, uh, for instance, the Gemara, the Shochan the, Arachin, Ibn Ezer, Siman Tesvav, Sifir Aleph, uh, Mutar Adam Bibas, Ashes Aviv sheYesh Lami Ish Acher. Lafilu There is no her on your stepdaughter. There's no arise for to your stepdaughter, even though she grows up in your home. Because the only problem here is what of Maras Ayin. You know, people from the side, she might be perceived as a biological daughter. So the only problem is that it's is Maras Ayin that one might think that it's your biological daughter. But there's no problem that a foster. Father is considered a father regarding Dini Arayos. There's no problem here at all. The only problem is one of Maris Ayin. So it's clear that Arayos goes by biological criteria and not by uh, an and adoption wouldn't affect Dini Arayos. So, at first glance, um, it would seem that Ki'ilu Yoto is just, you know, uh, you a know, Musari statement, you know, that one can consider it you know, equivalent to giving birth to the child, because in many many ways, you when you raise a child, you also um, you also educate him, you give him a home, you're doing a lot for the child, and therefore, we look at it as as if you had you know uh, you you put a lot of input into the child. Um, so it's a moral statement, but regarding the halakha that uh, discusses issues. A father and child. There you go. Only by biological children and not by adoption. Um, nevertheless, halacha uh, tried to, in many ways, make this artificial family unit of an adopted child something which is parallel to a real uh, family environment, to give him a warm home where he feels comfortable, where he feels accepted, where he feels like like a natural child as well. So, you know, there. Um, for instance. Uh, regarding dinim of avelus or Kaddish or Kriya if the uh, if the adopted father if the foster father would die um, are you in Kriya would there be dinim of avelus? what would you do in those situations so the halacha certainly says oh, there's no problem doing Kriya because you do Kriya whenever you're overcome with grief even if it's not a blood relative and therefore of course you should want to do Kriya over his foster father so, Kriya is not a problem at all. Uh, what, what about regarding Avels? Yes, the answer is yes. One can, one can be Miss Avel for somebody that, again, if he's very, very upset about, there's Avels for, for somebody's mentor. One can have Avels for uh, Rabo Mufak. Uh, there, you know, is there, there are enough dinim that would allow one to be knowing Nihuge Avels, also regarding somebody who's not a blood relative. <clears throat> And therefore, Af Salvechik said, even though there's no chiyum avails regarding a foster parent, nevertheless there would be a in avails because it's somebody that, that raised you and gave you so much, and you're upset if he if he passed away. And therefore, it it would certainly be a chiyum in being with for him, even if there's no obligation, if there's no chiyum, since it's not a blood relative. Nevertheless, uh, there would be a chiyum. Of course, if the uh, adopted child is a kohen, so normally the child of a Kohen um, would be metami to his father or to his mother. Uh, Here if the, uh, you should not be metami to uh, a foster parent because the the Isr of Tum is an Isr of midoraisa, a Kohen cannot be metami and therefore uh, the heter being metami to your direct relatives would not apply in a case of an adopted child. But nevertheless Kriya, one can do Kriya one should do kriya, one should be misabel, and it would be a and it would be considered the proper proper behavior because after all, um, there apparently is halacha of being Mahabed, your foster parents, just like you have to be Mahabed, your father, not because he's your biological father, but because of all that he did for you. Uh and part of the dinu of Kavod is also how you relate to when he dies, and what do you give him when he dies, which expresses itself in in Dini Avelos. Uh, For instance, there's a Medrash in Shmos Rabbah, which also refers to our parsha. Moshe Rabbeinu was adopted again. First time he was adopted and taken in was by uh, Batya Basparo. And then when he ran away from Egypt, so he was taken in by whom? By Yisro. So, the Medrash says, "Wishasha Amar Lo Akados Baruchu Vatal L'Char Shachachal Paro." When, when Akados told Moshe, "I'm sending you to Paro," Amralo Moshe answered, "Ribona Olam Eini Achol I can't go to Paro." Vipnei She Kiblani Yitro Upatachli Beito. Yitro opened up his doors to me. Vani Imo Kiben, I am with him as a son, as a child. Umishu poteh Pitchole Chavron Nafsho Chayavlo. I'm I'm obligated to him because he opened up his his door to me. And then, the, and then the Medrash continues, If you have one person who gave birth to you, but didn't raise you, and somebody else who raised you, you're more kavod to the person that raised you, than to your biological parents. That's what it says in the Medrash. So the chiv of kavod towards one's foster parents would express itself in the name of Kriya, in the name of Avelus, and uh we find something similar in the Chinuch, on the Pasuk of Kabe Nisavicha Vesimecha, on the Mitzvah, Mitzvah Lamed So the Chinuch explains, For, And he says two reasons. They brought him into the world, which applies to the biological parents. They also were... Um, they they took care of him. They were much for him. They did many many things for him, and therefore you have be kavod av v'imo. So regarding a foster parent, at least one of those two two elements exists. He didn't bring him into the world, but certainly a foster parent is, you know, takes care of all his all his needs. And therefore the chiv of kavod for one's uh, foster parents, you know, should be expressed. And if he if he passed away, it should be expressed by by Avelos even if there's not a chiv at least a cube of Avelos regarding the foster parent what about regarding Kaddish? so the uh, Bira Halacha has a a very very um, lengthy discussion about who takes precedence over whom regarding Kaddish he's referring to a situation by us all the Yisobim say Kaddish together but there are shuls and there was a time when only one person would say Kaddish and then to know exactly who would be the chiyuv who would say the kaddish for for all the other yisomim, you know, obviously was a very very uh, sensitive issue and also a very a uh, lot of variables. So at the end of siman kuflam ibeis, the bira lacha says as follows: v'im yatom, afil If one adopts a child and raises him, makom and this child has no parent someplace else, az nikrat toshav, that foster parent is considered a toshav, a toshav takes precedence regarding saying kaddish over an oreach that comes from out of town. He's considered a toshav, and he will take precedence over somebody who's mourning for a biological father who comes from out of town. So, first of all, you see the B'alachah says clearly that one says kaddish, uh, over a foster parent, which again is not that much of a chiddish, because one can say Kaddish over anybody that he wants. But even regarding the pecking order of whether he's considered, whether it takes precedence over somebody else, or or by us, who would get the Amud? So, saying a Kaddish or Davenin taking the Amud for a, for a uh, foster parent might take precedence over somebody that came from a different town who's mourning over a natural parent. Okay, so... As we said, even though regarding the halacha, whether one is considered a father or a child, uh, the criterion is biological, nevertheless uh, the halacha takes into account the institution of adopting a child in, in such cases, and wants to create a situation whereby the, the relationship is one which is parallel, even if using artificial means of allowing one to say kaddish of somebody who is not a parent, um, to do create of somebody who 's not a parent, to allow for availance of somebody who 's not a parent, all those things i 'm not saying he 's a parent but ra- ra- but rather you 're able to uh, treat uh, a forced parent in the same way um, in the same way wherever possible. A much more sticky point, uh, which is I think probably one of the most difficult points regarding uh, having a, a um, comfortable and healthy Home environment, uh, with respect to uh, adopted children, uh, relates to the question of yichud. Uh, we mentioned above that regarding arayos, arayos is defined by biological criteria and not and and, and not by artificial criteria of adoption. Um, so, on the one hand, regarding the iser of arayos for a father or daughter, it's only when it's biological. However, regarding Yichud, this cuts in the other direction. Because the Chachamim were goes there, that you're not allowed to have Yichud with somebody, except for your daughter or your, or your sister or your, or your mother. So what happens in a situation where one adopts a, a child? Is there a problem of Yichud between the adopted son and the mother? or between the adopted daughter and the father. You know, whenever the father leaves home, once the child already comes of age, the mother can't stay in the same home with the, with the with the child without finding some kind of a heter for yichud. That, of course, makes the comfortable family environment something which is very very awkward, and uh, it's very very difficult when one is always worried about yichud between the foster parent and between the child to create an environment which is. Which is uh, comfortable? Can, can a mother who uh, embrace a foster child once he's already a gadol chibok v'nisha Can you, can you, can you? a uh, child wants wants the warmth of a mother. His mother passed away. The only mother that he has is the is the foster mother. Can the foster mother hug the child? Or no? The problem of chibuk uh, You can't. You can't. You can't hug the child. These are serious issues. And uh, there's a big, big machlokas among the poskim how to deal with these issues, because over here, you know, the, to create you know the parallel environment that would be comfortable here seems to go against certain gezeros and certain halachos of yichud and of chibuk v'nishuk. So there are some poskim that really said it's all lesser. and because of that, they said that maybe one has to avoid being uh, adopting children because it's a big, big problem. Because there are serious problems of yichud, there are serious problems of chibuk v'nishuk, and um, one certainly should avoid such situ- situations. As long as the child is a, is an infant, it's fine. But once they grow up, it becomes a very very sticky and, and problematic issue. Uh, on the other hand, you know, for instance, the Babich Rebbe was very very um, clear about this, and he said one has to same this and be very very careful about it. And he was he thought that it was totally absolutely aser. On the other hand, there are other posts given, David Alevi and others, who said that no, there's no problem here at all. Because what's the whole idea of the of the Isr, the gzera, of Yichud and of Khimok Fanishuk, what it might lead to. On the you yeah. know the, the uh the iser for a mother of Arayus is much greater than somebody else. But the danger is less because normative people don't have relations with their mothers, because that's not the relationship. So therefore the Isr of Gzair and venishuk does not apply to one's mother because one's mother, the whole relationship is a different relationship. And therefore the the, the halacha was not worried about yichud about Chibuk with one's mother. So the the, the reason that yichud is us is because of what, what about lead to. If one adopts a child at infancy, and then the child grows up, and uh, the relationship between the child and between the mother, even if one tells the child that he was adopted, one probably should tell the child that he was adopted, for other reasons which we're not going to discuss, even if the child knows that he was adopted, nevertheless, the relationship that, that, was, that was created, even artificially, between this child and between the foster mother, was one which is parallel to one between a mother and a child. And the and therefore, the danger of, of Arayos should be similar to the danger of, of Arayos, with a natural mother. Therefore, one can claim that the gzera doesn't apply because the relationship is parallel to one of with the mother. So even though there is no halacha that really api halacha is considered your mother, nevertheless, as far as the shash and the gzera of Yichud, one might consider it uh, parallel to that of a mother. And therefore, since the whole gzera is based on a khshash, even though we don't dis, you know, differentiate between whether there actually is or not, the gzera might not apply in this whole area of an adopted child. So that's a big Mahok among the poskim, which has very very significant impact on the environment that one can have within the home. Certainly, once the the adopted children uh, become older. Uh, what I want to do now is the, is discuss a number of different shittos which might actually take issue with what we have presented till, till now. What we presented till now was that. Kiel Yaldo is simply a moral statement. It has no impact upon Allah. Uh, there are certain expressions of that Kilo Yaldo might be considered a halachic statement as well, limited, as we saw, Maka Avevi'imo and Makalel and Arayos. It all goes by biological parents and not by uh, adoptive, adopted, uh, uh, not by foster parents. On the other hand, um, there are a number of different indications um a number of different sources that it might be uh that to a certain extent we might actually view regarding certain binin the child as the, the the adopted child as as a child. Um there's a question uh regarding an aliyah, right? A child was given up for adoption, his parents couldn't take care of him, foster parents took care of him, he gets an aliyah. How what do you call him? Clony Ben, the the son of the biological parent or the son of the foster parent. So there's a true of Moshe, that basically, you know, again, there's no real halakha regarding you know, what name you call. Him. You don't have to call him any name at all. So if he wants to be known as the fa- as the son of his foster parent, it would be it would be okay. Uh, there, there's a true of Ramosha that's actually discussing Mila, the circumcision of an adopted child who was you adopted a non-Jewish child. And now when you give him Mila, it's, it's Mila of Gerus. And you give him a name. And uh, he says as follows. In, uh, it's in Yerdeah, Helech Aleph, Sermin Okay, and then you 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 do Mila. V'yikru Ushma B'Yisrael, Ploni ben Ploni Al Shem Ki usually when we talk about a ger, we give him the name, you're the son of Avram Avinu, right, because, ketinok shenoladami, and his biological parent is no longer considered his parent, so, in, by the case of a ger, we say, okay, you're, you know, you're, you're yitzad ben Avram, Avram Avinu, so that's what you should say, nevertheless, ke'van she'rotz a lo shikru al shemo, the adopted father wants him to be known as the father of this child, yichol nasos you're able to say it. Kare Shemo be Israel, Ploni Ben and the name of the foster parent. Can And the only problem that he has is that it might lead to kelkul. For instance, if when the if people think that it's actually the natural son, if uh, if the, these parents, uh, the father would die without any children, would the wife need chalitza or not? Um, if, it's, if people think it's his son, people might not know that the wife needs chalitza, and uh, and therefore you have to make sure that there's no kilkul. You have to make sure that people know that it's a it's a, it's a uh, adopted child, and there shouldn't be a kilkul, but to call him Plony Ben, the son of the father, there's no problem at all. Uh, and the same is true, there are chus that discuss the name of the ksuva that one could write, Plony Ben, the adopted parent, and it's not pro- not a problem at all. But again, regarding, or Aliyah LaTorah, you could say Plony Ben, the adopted parent—it's not really a problem. But in all these areas, uh, there's really no problem at all because you really—you know—the name is just to identify a person, and it's, there's no inherent din regarding the name. So you can call someone up to the Torah without mentioning his name at all. So if people—if somebody is known as the son of, even though it's not the biological father—so there's really no problem in identifying person, a, a person as such in a star, for instance. You know, there's no halakh that we need his 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 name. We have to know what he's what he's known as. And and that he's identified well. And it's clear that the shtar is Machayiv, uh this particular person. So if he's known as the son of the foster parent, you know, it shouldn't be a problem as long as we can identify him clearly uh from the from the star. Uh however, what about regarding a get? Regarding a get, the situation is much more sticky, because regarding a get there's a, a halacha of the lishma. It has to be written and the name of the the, magaresh, the the husband and the and the wife are an inherent part of the text of the get itself. There are a lot of things in the get that are not inherent. But the basic uh, but basic to the get is the is his name, her name, and Araab lachalada. Those are the things that are basic to the get. That's called the Torah from the get because the get has to be written, there's a special din of the Shmo Shma, and if you don't have the name, or the proper name, uh, the get a whole get might be Puzzle. So, the postman are very, very mocked, regarding get much more than other shtaros, because over here, it might be a halacha and a din, that you need Shmo u Shma, and uh, something that simply refers to somebody, that helps me identify, might not be sufficient. So what happens in a case where there was a get, and one wrote in the get, Poloni ben, the foster parent, so there's a sefer called Amira Niima, written by a uh, dayan in, uh, in Tel Aviv, who who had such a situation where there was a get, where the husband wrote, Plony Ben, and he wrote to his, his foster parent, gave the get, and then left. So, okay, it's a bedevid situation because there are problems of Aguna, and uh, certainly looking for a terim, but he was matir, And it was matir not because we know who he was referring to, and the purpose of the name is only to identify. He was mati because of the Gemara in, in Sanhedrin, Ki'il Yaldo, that we look at Hamagadal Ki'il Yaldo. And therefore, we can consider him, to a certain extent, as the child of. And therefore, Plony Ben, the foster parent, is not inaccurate, it is accurate. He has another father as well, he has a biological father. But you want, one cannot, cannot say that Plony Ben, the foster parent, is inaccurate. This person has two parents, two fathers. The adopted, the, the foster father as well as the as the biological father, and therefore he said we came uh the sket. Um, he quoted at Chulos Maimonios in uh Sef Mishpatem Swim shakasvu Ben Ishto. Right? Uh wrote a star, giving a matana to to the son of his wife. Not his son, but the son of his wife. he wrote, give this to our child. Referring to his son as well. I I think it's a good lashon, and the matana ischal. He doesn't say because we know who he refers. We look at it as your child. Vaod continues to church since I can refer to my adopted child as my son, la And therefore it's proper and right to, to refer to your to your adopted father, your foster father as father and your foster mother as mother. So that's what Chusman says. So again one could say that it's proper because it's the right thing to do, because morally he raised you and helped you and gave you a home. Or one could say no. Uh, that means that the calling him Ben and calling him Av is actually correct from a certain perspective. And that in turn is based on a Gemara in Temur HaDath Tazayin, where it says, Kalei Ben Knaz. And the Gemara says, fellow Kalei Ben Yifunahu. And the Gemara concludes, um... Amarava We're talking about his stepson, and therefore he's the, the pasuk called, refers to him as Kalei Ben Knaz. It was the pasuk itself refers to him as Ben Knaz, be, be, even though we're only talking about his stepson. So based on this, the Amira Neima uh, suggested to him Nakshir the Gat, because Kiinu Yaldo, and therefore it's an accurate name when we say Ploni Ben the foster parent. So here the Amir the, and the is not simply saying uh, it's moral and we can create something artificial in order to be parallel to a family unit, in order to create a, a comfortable environment, but rather he's saying that to a certain extent we actually can view the foster father uh, as being a parent. Because he does take upon himself some of the roles of, of parenting. So even though he's not a biological parent, nevertheless he is a father to a certain extent and therefore the get, and calling yourself son of, would be an accurate statement, it wouldn't be inaccurate, it wouldn't be possible to get. Uh, another expression of a shita that might take Kiel yoldo more literally is a famous uh, Rav Shlomo Kluger, uh, at the beginning of Eman uh, Regarding the Mitzah of poorvu the Rav Shlomo Kluger says that it's possible that one is makayim the Mitzah of Puh with an adopted child. Uh, and he, again, he quotes the Gemara of Kiel Yoldo. And he says the question is to what extent we say Ki'il yaldo we take it seriously and literally, or to what extent Ki'il yaldo is just, you know, as if, but we don't take it literally. And he claims that that's the machlokus between the drish and between the taz whether the kaf mayon is considered to be taken literally or not to be taken literally. Um, and therefore, Shlomo is, you know, raises the possibility that according to some understandings, kiul yaldo might be actually Ki'il yaldo, and therefore might be considered a of pueruvu, somebody that can have children and adopts a child who's macaim pu'uruvu. Now this application is very, very difficult because even if I say it to a certain extent, you consider the uh the son of the uh, of the foster parent, nevertheless pu'uvu is mulu- talking about multiplying. It's talking about bringing more life into the world. It's not talking about raising somebody. So how would one consider this as being a cum Puruvu? So apparently it's is based on a different understanding of Puruvu. That Puruvu is not only multiplying and bringing new life into the world, because then it would be absurd, even if one would consider him a son, nevertheless it wouldn't be a king of Puruvu. Even if I would say kiluyaldo, it wouldn't be Puruvu because it did not bring new life into the world. But apparently Puruvu is not only um, bringing new life into the world um, uh, from a... Uh, from a quantitative perspective, but also improving the quality of life that one brings into the world. For instance, there's a Gemara in Yevamos in Daf Samach Gimel that talks about prut uh, revu and it brings the position of starts Call me As if you, as if you killed. If you didn't bring life into the world, as if you killed somebody. You prevented life. Shneamar shofech dam adam Uchtin it says right after that vatem puru revu. Rabbi Yaakov vamer ki ilu ma'atad mut. ki betzel melokim asat adam uchtin vatrei vatem So as if you know, people, manners creating the tzel by bringing new human beings into the world. You're you're being marbed at tzel in this world by preventing that. You're being mabayat tzel. And then Ben Azai says ki ilu shofech damim umat he says, okay, you, you say this, you say that, I say both. If you didn't, you weren't also going you were you, were Shofek damin and Mema'itimut. mut Amar, Vatem Purovu, Vukhuleh. And he says, both both are right. Amul the Ben so I told Ben Azai, Yesh na'edoresh v'na mekayim. There are people that give nice drushes and the Mekayim, what they say. Nae mekayim v'ena'edoresh. There There are people that do. What they're supposed to be doing, even though they don't give the drushes themselves, but at least they do what they're supposed to be doing. V'atah na dorish you give wonderful drushes, but you're a hypocrite. You don't do that yourself. But Azay did not get married, and Ben Azay did not have children. Amalim Ben Azay umayase, nafsi chashka What can I do? Also, I, I'm I'm so involved in the Torah. I don't have time for all these things. I know it's right. I know it's from and damim. But Torah, uh, on the Okay, so I, I didn't uh, I I can't do it. So I'm a but I had to make that decision because there are other things that were more important to me. But I'm a So you could explain the gemara that way. I had to make choices. So I chose to do this and not that. I couldn't do both. The Rambam nuchosishus. Uh, quotes this command and says Avon. He has no avera whatsoever. Now it's not that I I made a choice and decided like to revatul the asen. There's no no avera whatsoever. So the question is how to understand the Rambam. So, Rambam suggested that it might be based on the continuation of the command and Sanhedrin. Where after it says "Kol Hamagad Al it says "Kol Ben Chaver Ma La Somebody who teaches somebody else Torah, it's as if you gave birth to him. Again, the same statement, Kiluyaldo. So again, should we take this simply as being a moral statement about how important it is to teach Torah, or maybe it should be to a certain extent, you gave him life, you you gave him spiritual life as opposed to physical life. And that's Kilu It only mentions the children of Aaron, it doesn't mention the children of Moshe. Uh, the children of Aaron are told us of Moshe because he taught them Torah. So Rasalechik suggested that perhaps it's not that there's no Avon because Ben Azai was involved in Torah. So he was Makaim Puravu. By teaching Torah, in other words, Puruvu is not only bringing new life into the world, also the quality of life by by giving somebody a warm home or by or by giving somebody spiritual life by teaching him Torah. That would also be considered a human Um and uh, and that might be a way to explain the Rishon Le'Chemer. But in any case, what we're seeing both in Rishon Le'Chemer as well as in the Amir Imba they're taking ki'lu yoldo as not being simply uh, that it's nice and it's a good thing to do and, and we and we praise you for it. But Kiilu yoldo is taken more literally as as to a certain extent it's considered a son. And you're makayim puravu, to a certain sense it's considered your son and therefore ploni ben ploni is something which is correct. It's not such a, a good identifying title, but it's something which is correct. You really are his father and he really is your son to a certain extent. And therefore, plonium and plenum is an accurate statement, and therefore the get would be a good get.